everyone to the podcast ministry, Pearls of Biblical Wisdom. And we are going to have a podcast today about men's discipleship. And for 10 years at Greenville Christian Fellowship, when I was pastoring there as the senior pastor, we had a group of men. We met uh, every week on Thursday nights. And God just did some incredible supernatural things over those years. And uh, we were able to sharpen each other, as the Bible talks about uh, in, in God's Word. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so we were able to grow together in our faith. And I have four of those uh, men here. Uh, three of them are here in, in my office recording with me. And one is by phone. And uh, Stephen Fessler uh, is by phone. Stephen, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you with us today. And uh, Jay uh, Lufkin is to my left, and his son Jason is to my left. And Jay, uh, it's a miracle how God led you to the Greenville area. Mm. You actually I, you moved here, then you moved back to Rhode Island, then you moved back here again. Can you tell us a little bit about how God led you when you came here and how you came to our church? Sure. Well, we came to... We came to the church in 2004 when we first moved here in Greenville. And um, I was just riding with my wife and my mother to Paris Mountain Park. And I noticed the church on my right. And I said, that sounds like, the name sounds like a nice church. <laughs> so we went to Paris Mountain Park and all that. And uh, the first Sunday after, I went to Greenville Christian Fellowship for the first time. My wife was sick at the time, so she wasn't there. And uh, we was welcomed with open arms. I just couldn't believe the hospitality and the friendship and the fellowship of the church. So I told my wife Cheryl that we went the next following Sunday. Okay, and, yeah. yeah. And, so it was just going down to the state park. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, one of the amazing things about meeting you and your family and having your son here today is mm -hmm. it's just absolutely amazing how God brings men together. That's right. You know, in John 17, when Jesus was praying the high priestly prayer um, right before he was crucified, he thanked God for the men that God gave him, mm -hmm. the men God brought into his life. That's the way I, I feel now in this meeting you, uh, Jay, your son Jason, Jack over here, and then right. Stephen, and others that are not part of this podcast. Uh, God's brought us together as a group of men over the years. And so I just want to give a little bit of introduction here about uh, men's discipleship. The Lord Jesus obviously discipled 12 apostles. And then of the 12 apostles, he discipled uh, three of those apostles in a more intensive way. Peter, James, and John. They got to go places with Jesus that the other three didn't, like the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah. They were there. Sure. And when uh, Jairus' daughter was uh, brought back to life, mm -hmm. resurrected from the dead, they were there. So, you know, he, yeah. uh, he discipled 12, he discipled three. He also yeah. had lots of discipleship with Peter himself, one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. mm. Right, that's right. And then there were 70 men that uh, the Lord discipled. You know, he got 70 together and he sent them out by twos yeah. of ministry in the city. So discipleship was right there in our Lord's uh, ministry as an example to us that whether it's one-on-one -on -one or one-on-three or one-on-seventy. Uh, now, Tom Tarvin discipled me when I was 18 years old. And, you know, it's amazing if you think about Tom probably had no idea when he discipled me that I would be a pastor <laughs> one <right>. day. <laughs> I, I had no idea I would be a pastor one day. So you never know what potential there is in a group of men ministering to each other. Uh, Jason, I was thinking about uh, with your dad's testimony how God led him uh, to move here. Were you already at Bob Jones at that time? or I... I graduated from Bob Jones in 96. Okay. But my link to the church started in 94. Okay. Um, back then, I 
there was a music camp going on and you always had visitors. Mm. And Jeremy Nye was in my dorm, my dorm room. Jeremy Nye. Even though he lived okay. locally, he, he wanted to experience the whole uh, music camp on campus, that whole thing. So he was in my room. We met. You know, he, he plays uh, violin. I play guitar. Mm. So already there was like mm -hmm. a little kinship there. So during that week, um, I actually visited his parents' house in Greer. I, I'm assuming it's the same house. Mm -hmm. I remember playing some board games. I actually mm -hmm. won a bag of money, you know, <laughs> a bag of coins. And I visited the church. And Alfred B. Smith, who I actually had met in 1989 wow. up in Rhode Island, because wow. he was doing a book tour for Him Histories. And uh, so I met him back then and then i found out that he was going to be at the house because his son mm -hmm. was dating caroline yeah i mean it's just a small yeah, world it is a small world and so we decided we were going to play special music i'm, I'm going to say it was the evening service mm -hmm. um and so it was me jeremy and the brother the, the one that's a eye doctor um oh the older brother Oh, David. 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 David, yes. Yeah. Um, he played cello. And so he played Siki first on stage. Hmm. And that was it. Okay. And then years yeah. later. Here you are. My <laughs> dad tells me about yeah. the church yeah. after he visited. Yeah. And, okay, I'll visit. And my wife was pregnant at the time. Mm -hmm. I walk in there. I was like, this place looks familiar. <laughs> I feel like I've been here before. I never and I looked up at the, yeah. yes, I played on stage here before. Okay, praise God. And, uh, and then Jeremy comes up to me. He recognized me. Yeah, and, that's uh, amazing. It's just amazing. How supernaturally God brought you to the church, yeah. brought your dad to the church. And then your son, uh, Joshua, right. uh, was in California, mm -hmm. and you had asked for prayer. You and your yeah. wife had asked for we prayer. Did. We did. And God moved Joshua to Greenville in those days and we just 2005 and we just met with him for lunch uh, about a week a uh, week ago and i had an opportunity with josh one-on-one -on -one, uh, discipleship in those days so there's a yeah. lot of discipleship in your family that has taken yeah. place oh yes yeah. yeah so jack um you came to the church through uh nancy chuck, chuck edwards chuck edwards yeah Okay, so Chuck and you both knew Nancy and were helping Nancy, and Nancy yeah. was a part of our church. So uh, yeah. tell me the story of how you came through Chuck. Well, Chuck, Chuck and I <clears throat> met over 30 years ago. <clears throat> you know, we called Chuck the Bobcat Man. Yeah. Because he's had, well, the first Bobcat he had was horrible. <laughs> but anyway, he used to do a lot of grading, digging, helping pour footings and everything, and then... He called me, well, I was at his house one day when I met Nancy, and Nancy said something about something needn't be done at her house. So I wound up going over, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, between you and uh, yeah. the Bobcat Man. Yeah. yeah. Chuck used to take care of our lawnmower all the time, and he did some other things for, you know, emergency came up. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, you know, and prior, several years prior, a friend of mine told me, he said, you need to get into a Bible teaching church. Okay. That's the reason I'm going to Greenville Christian Fellowship. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, and um, it's yeah. just, you know, I'm hoping a lot of my contacts and the work I do for people uh, it rubs off, mm. although I don't preach, um, mm. so to speak, um, uh, what I want to say, Bible verses and that type of thing. But um, uh, I had, when I was in college, <clears throat> a friend of mine, one of my professors asked me to help his nephew. His nephew came to college. And um, his nephew told me one day, he said, you should be a preacher. Wow. You know, That's so. incredible. Anyway, it's just. But in your own way, you know the Lord's work through you, and you're trusting even through, oh, yeah. even through what we're sharing today. Yep. 
Yeah. Now, you and Chuck have, I would say you and Chuck have had an iron sharpening iron relationship, discipleship with each other. You've helped each other oh, yeah. along life's journey. So that's another example. Discipleship is not just a meeting. It, it can be one-on-one. -on -one. It can be at the Walmart store uh, when you run into another man. It's not just an official meeting, and you and Chuck have many times encouraged each other spiritually. Is that right? That and also people around us. You know, we've been, uh, he's traveled with me to several of the tractor shows. Okay. And it rubs off. Amen. You know, Amen. it rubs off. Yeah, Jack has a ministry uh, uh, to the uh, tractor pool uh, in Dacusville. He has a card he gives out inviting people to come to the tractor pool, and it has John 3.16 on the back trying to have a gospel uh, witness. And that's, just, that's what we're talking about today, the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And uh, uh, Stephen, uh, you were a part of the fellowship from way back because your, your parents went way back with the fellowship. Tell us a little bit about you know, your background in the church and then tell us a little bit about how uh, Loma came into your life and then also about the uh, men's discipleship meeting on Thursday. Some of the things you reviewed with me on the phone earlier, tell us a little bit about all that. Yeah, yeah, I, I grew up in the church and um, I was pretty apathetic with all spiritual things when I went off to college and um, Pastor Cook invited me to attend the men's meeting one summer and you know to be nice I said yes and I went a couple times you know to kind of clear the guilt off my conscience for not wanting to lie to the pastor um and and then I went back to college but but later that year um that's when I really started feeling a lot of conviction and interest in the Lord and um and was saved and so I I think you know maybe the men's meeting they were praying for me and um, through that, I, I became saved, and um, and then after college, I started going regularly, um, just seeking the Lord's will as a new Christian, uh, looking for a discipleship, really, and um, working through just decisions in life as a young 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old, mm -hmm. uh, like friends and who to have friendships with and how to spend my time outside of work, and, um, and through that, I... You know, I felt a real burden that I should try to reach out and help people some way. So tutoring or helping elderly ladies in the church or um, and then who I would room with. And, and the Lord brought some godly roommates into my life. And then uh, I made a friendship with one international student from India and went to visit his family uh, in their ministry there. And and then out of that, uh, yeah, ended up marrying my wife. Um, so his, his niece, <laughs> mm. um, but, but all those decisions were because I was always going to the men's meeting, um, you know, weekly and really it's just a place to get some wisdom and give, uh, prayer requests, um, and making choices in life, um, as a new Christian and being young and single, um, about how to spend my time, um, and then who to marry and, so all that, you know, I would never, I would have drifted far away from the Lord if it weren't for the men's meeting, kind of pulling me back, you know, after work each day, going there and kind of resetting my spiritual uh, senses, you know. Mm. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. So the interesting thing about the dynamics of the men that we had in our group, we had older men and we had young, <laughs> Jack's laughing, he's one of the older men. And I'm with him on that. But we also had younger men. Uh, we had younger men come and go. You know, you guys were part of the regular group. That's right. But we had younger men come and go, and uh, we had lots of different prayer requests that would come up with people who came to the meetings. But my point is about uh, the older men and the younger men, it's a good thing mm -hmm. when it comes to discipleship. You know, the Bible says that the younger should submit to the older and you get a lot of wisdom. You get, like Stephen just shared, you know, some of the things he learned because he was a part of the group and how it influenced his life. So I think um, in a men's discipleship group, it's good to have all ages, yeah. you know, all different seasons of life and the spiritual fruit that uh, comes out of that.
Now, in our uh, meetings, one of the things we tried to emphasize is outreach uh, to others. Uh, Stephen talked about in his life, He in, in those days he was um, involved in a ministry uh, called Acts of Kindness in our church where we would go to widows or single ladies and help with needs or anybody in the church that, that had a need um, or in the community. So Stephen was involved in that. Jack, you were, you've been involved for years and years and years with the ministry to single ladies and widows. And I've had over, at one time I had 16. I'm down to about somewhere between 10 and 12. <laughs> because your body is telling you that's about all you can handle, right? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, but Jack would come to our men's meeting and ask prayer for what he had going with these ladies that he was helping. And then Stephen would share about the acts of kindness. And uh, Stephen, you would come and uh, ask about coworkers that needed prayer. I don't know. You guys remember Billy Laughlin, right? Mm -hmm. yes. uh, at the time, he was working at the jail. Uh, detention center, he would share requests about things that were going on with the prisoners. We pray about that. He yeah. shared requests with us about his family, that family members that weren't saved, and and then Norm West, he was a part of our group. He was all the time talking about asking prayer for his family and different needs, and right. you know the ones that needed some spiritual guidance, spiritual help, maybe not saved and need to be saved. So in our men's meeting, we always tried to keep outreach and unsaved and discipleship you know you don't want to be focused just on yourself you That's know right. you want to be focused on the great need of the world that there's a lot of people out there the majority of people out in the world don't know Christ as Lord and Savior so when we come together we try we had a lot of prayer time for the unsaved a lot of talking and sharing about the unsaved and then tangible acts of kindness one of the things you had me do on my business cards hmm. is put John 13 on there. 316, yeah. Yeah, 316. And we, I, I've handed in one year, I used to hand out like 400 of those a year. Hmm. So somewhere around those thousands I've given out, I'm sure that <laughs> we've <laughs> hit a few. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We have. But that, that's important for a church or a group of men. I heard years ago, you either evangelize or you fossilize. You know, if you just get focused on yourself, you're going to go down. But if you stay focused on the great spiritual needs of others, the Lord will work in supernatural ways. Now, I want to talk here about, um, as far as discipleship, uh, how we can edify each other. Edify means to build up. Each other. Now, in our meetings, the way I would, uh, the format of the meeting that we would start with, uh, we had some refreshments, and I'd just uh, go around the table, whoever came, and I'd ask each man to share do you have any prayer requests? Do you, you know, anything you're struggling with? Uh, we had a time for men to open their hearts up and share the needs of what was going on, and we had some really good uh, times of edification that came out of that. Now, I want you guys to comment to this after I'm done. The Bible talks about the one another ministries in the Bible. In other words, you don't just come to a men's discipleship group to get something from the leader. You don't just come to church to get something from the preacher. Whenever Christians get together, just like we got here right now, it's not just what uh, I might say that might help somebody. It's what we all might say. That would help somebody because if you're a believer, you have the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. If you're a believer, you have uh, His wisdom, you have His understanding. We're all common, ordinary men, but be because Christ lives in us, uh, we are able to have wisdom that's far beyond our intellect, far beyond our personality. That's why I wanted to give an opportunity in the meetings for every man to share, and, and even in this podcast to have you guys share, mm -hmm. because sometimes. Uh, God's going to speak to somebody uh, in the pew. Uh, the person next to the person in the pew may get more from the person in the pew than, he, than they do from the preacher on a single right. Sunday morning. So let me just read these one another ministries. How the body of Christ, and especially when men get together, how men should minister one to another. 
It says, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. There's about 20 of these in the New Testament, one another ministries. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another person fulfills the law, the whole law of the Old Testament. Let us follow after the things which make for peace and things which edify others. Uh, Romans 15, 7, Receive ye one another as Christ receives. James 4, 11, Speak not evil one of another. James 5, 16, Confess your faults one to another. We had some of that, you know, periodically where we had to just confess our sins of each other, our struggles, our battles, our temptations. Our Sometimes we're discouraged. Sometimes we're overwhelmed. Sometimes we're frustrated, you know, sometimes bitter. It's very important in a men's discipleship. You don't want to just have another Bible lesson and get more Bible knowledge. Mm -hmm. You really want to get down to where the rubber meets the road. So what do you guys remember about our sharing time and praying time and the kind of thing I'm talking about, how we minister one another? Anybody have any thoughts on it? I remember it was a time for us to catch up, you know, because, you know, you're, you're at church, service is over, Got to round up the kids, mm. going every which way, mm. get everybody in the car, mm. and then go. Mm. Um, and or if you want to try to talk to somebody, you're kind of limited in the time, just because there's a lot of people. So I felt like I would always try to get there a little early, mm. so that way we had interaction, just regular fellowship, kind of off the record fellowship, if yep. you will, talking and how's your day, how's things going, how's your week, how's your job. Uh, how think, how's your family? And then we go into the refreshments, the prayer requests, and sometimes you would already know the prayer request because yep. I've maybe probably yep. mentioned it before. Yep. And it, it was just it was great because I felt like we can catch up with the guys mm. on uh, on those Thursday nights. And so for me, it was a priority to try to make every effort mm. to to get there on Thursdays. Yeah. Regardless of job situation, which my yeah. old job made it very difficult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of your job situation, mm -hmm. uh, we prayed about your job situation over the years. Right. And now you just told me today how, right. the, how the Lord's leading yes. in your life. So it kind of brings up the point of in the multitude of counselors, mm -hmm. there is safety. Yes. And uh, whenever you came to the men's group, you had the multitude of counselors there, right? Not just one, but several. And then you know you shared your situation about your job at that time. Yes, we all prayed and interacted about it. So I think it's important for us to uh, recognize uh, a men's meeting is like you're meeting with uh, a counselor, but you're not just meeting with a counselor. You meet with a multitude of counselors, right? right? right. And uh, and most of all, we're meeting with the wonderful counselor, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you make disciples, you're not just trying to, it, it, I'm not trying to make somebody Pastor Cook's disciple. We are trying to teach people to be discipled of the Lord himself. Right. To hear his voice. And so that's how the wisdom comes out. When he, Like what we're doing right now, each one is waiting on the Holy Spirit to help us know what to say and how to say it. So, um, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So in our men's discipleship, we're not trying to just get a, a A on a test that we've got a bunch of Bible knowledge. Yeah. We're trying to get more love for the Lord himself to hear his voice better, you know, so he can disciple. So we were sharpening each other to know how to listen to, to God directly. Right. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jay? I do. Um, <clears throat> my personality is a quiet personality. I'm not one to get up mm -hmm. in front of the church and and give a testimony or mm -hmm. things like that. But so during the Bible study with a smaller group, I was able to open up more, you know, get to know people more that I didn't, I didn't know before, and just praying with each other and and just having the fellowship, just being there. Not like you said, not just the the sermon or the message mm -hmm. at the Bible study, but it's just. And that was part of it, but I mean, just praying for each other and talking. If you had anything on your mind, you could talk about it. 
Yeah. You know, and, uh, what do you remember as far as when you would share things, prayer requests, or sometimes uh, you just would pretty frankly share, you know, it's, it's yes. a battle, spiritual yes. battle, spiritual struggle to overcome temptation. Yeah, we all have spiritual battles to yeah. fight. Yeah, you were being uh, humble and mm-hmm. confessing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had different men at different times in our group that would humbly acknowledge, you know, I'm not where I should be. That's right. And then all of us would say, well, none of us are where we should be. Right, and they're then, able to open up and share about their problems, you know, and yeah. if they want to, you know. Yeah. And that was the good thing about it. And, you know, when I got to the uh, accident thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us about I, that. That was a miracle for what God did in your life. Yeah, well, we we moved there. I'll say it quickly. We moved there May of 2011, and we started the Bible. I started the Bible study right away. Um, then uh, uh, November of that same year, I got into the accident with a truck. The truck hit me, and uh, I was out for a couple of weeks in the hospital, and. Uh, I was just thinking, also thinking about, it sounds crazy, but I was thinking about the Bible study. Am I going to be able to go to the, hmm. the Bible study anymore? You know, mm-hmm. That was my first thought. It was a priority to you. It was a the priority. Men's discipleship was a priority to yes, you. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I did go. Uh, Billy Laughlin took me a couple of times. Jason mm-hmm. took me a few times. And I, even though I had the cast on and I was just kind of messed up, I enjoyed going just to... Like just the fellowship and the prayers and I mean it, you know I miss it right now even you know, yeah so absolutely I'm sure we all do yeah absolutely but it was uh, that was a great thing did it start ten years ago yeah I think uh, our group started about ten years it's ago not, okay so I was yeah. there for the probably the first ones there ten years yeah yeah that's good yeah one of the things that comes to my mind is. Um, over the course of 10 years and even before that, mm-hmm. there were several times I felt, well, maybe we uh, should not meet any longer for various reasons. I was thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And every single time I was thinking that way, God brought a man to our meeting and he said, no, I'm not done yet. I'm not <laughs> you know, and I could tell many stories about that, many different people, many many people over the years that have been through the men's discipleship. Uh, but I can't thank God enough for persevering uh, with that. And uh, Stephen, Stephen, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So when you came uh, to the men's discipleship, uh, one of the things... Uh, that we experienced. I was thinking about his accident testimony, but we were praying about uh, your roommate, Dwight. He was one of the men that God brought into your life. And uh, then we had another guy in our meeting named Steve Greisinger. Everybody remember Steve Greisinger? Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve Greisinger is with the Lord now, and Dwight is with the Lord now. And you could have been with the Lord when that truck hit you, and God spared your life, uh, Jay. Yeah. So I'd like us to talk a little bit about with Steve Greisinger and Dwight and, and how uh, our men's meeting, uh, God did some very special things with those guys. Uh, Stephen, tell us a little bit about Dwight and the type of person he was and how we were all praying and trying to come alongside of him. Yeah, Dwight, he, um, he had a uh, childlike spirit and uh, very honest and you know, it, it really humbled me. It taught, I think the Lord taught me a lot more to have compassion and pity on people and be more sensitive, not to be so cynical towards others. And um, definitely the Lord used Dwight in my life to kind of deal with my heart and teach me how to be more proactive and, you know, telling people I love you and giving a hug and um, taking time to, you know, he couldn't drive for a few years. So taking him, you know, to do his basic grocery shopping or, uh, go to the mail off post office. Um, so yeah, the Lord, the Lord, um, yeah, dealt with a lot of pride and intellectual pride, financial pride. Um, you know, if someone's in debt, you shouldn't be critical of them, you know, try to be sympathetic towards them, even if they have 
a weakness in handling money, um, you should still love them, and not not be critical. And so the Lord dealt with a lot of pride in my life through Dwight. Okay. You know, when I think about us as men, I see us as puzzle pieces. And each piece of the puzzle has rough edges. We're not like Jesus Christ perfectly yet. <laughs> We're a work in progress. And so when we come together as a group of men, we've all got these rough edges. And when we start sharing and talking and interacting, the rough edges come out. And like Stephen's talking about, if we respond in humility to each other with patience and long-suffering and gentleness and forgiveness, it gives an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work on all of us. Mm -hmm. Like Stephen just testified, we develop the character of Christ by spending time with each other and having the rough edges in our life. And so uh, we were praying for Dwight. Uh, Dwight had some severe medical problems. And we all were trying to seek the Lord about what's the best uh, situation for him in his future. And none of us knew how that would uh, play out. But uh, one day, uh, Stephen, were you at the trailer or was Alex at the trailer when he uh, developed uh, the situation that led to his home going to be with the Lord? Yeah, that was Alex. Yeah, I had moved out, had gotten married and moved off. And yeah. Okay. Anyways, he wanted... Uh, to go to the emergency center, and Alex volunteered to, to take him, and he drove himself to the emergency center, and then uh, he died in the parking lot, you know, at the emergency center. But that was, in a sense, an answer to our prayer because we weren't sure how his needs in the future. I mean, you develop a love for people, and you, you, you're concerned about their future. He didn't have family, you know, here locally to help him and assist him that were able so, you know, we were praying as a church body, and he was a very special person in our men's discipleship. Any thoughts you guys want to share about Dwight? Well, I noticed when uh, he would speak, he was he spoke very clear. You could understand him, even though he spoke very soft. Yeah. I could hear every word he was saying. One, so. one thing you could always count on from uh, count on from Dwight is whether it was a health worker coming to his house or somebody serving him food at a restaurant, yes. he always took the initiative to try to share the gospel with others. I mean, that's, that's something that we know he had the burden for, and he constantly asking us in our men's discipleship, pray for this person. I just share my testimony with them. So He was not afraid to witness. Yeah, he had a boldness. Like he had Chick a boldness. Chick-fil-A or someplace, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he was a very humble man, but he was a very bold man that's right, know, right. to share the gospel. So, uh, Steve Greisinger, Jack, uh, what, do we, what do you remember about Steve Greisinger? Oh, boy. Uh, well, <clears throat> he brought his boys up to the tractor pull. He's really the only one from church that actually wound up coming up there that I know of. Hmm. And then uh, <clears throat> the, when we had men's night that night before he died, hmm. <clears throat> he made a comment to me. I don't remember. He said, you know, we never know when we're going to go. Mm. You know, and I thought, yeah. But he was, you know, <clears throat> Steve was good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> the reflection, when uh, when we had the service for him, the memorial yeah. service, yep. Yep. If, we, if the people that came through and left would have stayed for the service, <clears throat> we wouldn't have had enough room. That's right. That's yeah. right, because of his outreach yeah. to the community. Yeah. yeah. He had um, one of his sons was having major challenges, and if there was ever a father that loved his son with true, sincere, agape love, yeah. unconditional love, he had many setbacks with his son, but he never gave up on him. Mm -hmm. He kept ministering to him. He laid down his life for him. He tried to take him places like Jack just mentioned, sp uh, spending time with him coming alongside of him. But one particular night, uh, we were having our men's meeting. I forget who all was there. But Steve, like Jack said, he had a sense of uh, something about um, impending homegoing uh, mm -hmm. to be with the Lord. And he started talking that way in the men's meeting, and he made some points 
about uh, the sense, what he was sensing in his spirit. And I, I felt like the Lord was speaking through him big time that night. And uh, what I tried to do is if I felt like the Lord was speaking through some, what somebody was sharing, I would say, well, let's study that tonight. Let's look at what the Bible has to say about that subject. And that's what happened that night when Steve was sharing. I, I, I turned to a different scripture than what I had planned on. And we started looking at it together. Well, none of us had no idea that that would be the last time. I know. Last time we saw uh, Steve Griesinger. And it would be his home home going to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. The same way with Dwight. We never knew when his time was going to be, his home going to be with the Lord. Your accident, you know, could have been your home going. The point I'm trying to make is make the most of the time we have. Because we don't know what a day is going to bring forth. And Jason, in your life as a young man, uh, when you came to the men's meeting, uh, like your dad talked about, it was a priority for him. Uh, when you came, how, I mean, your family um, and the spiritual fruit in your family and through your dad and mom's upbringing and training and emphasis, what is it that has stood out to you in your relationship with your dad and your mom and your family as far as, you know, discipleship should be in the home, right. family also. What, what stands out to you? Well, I'm one of those rare breeds that will call mom and dad almost every day. Okay. You know, granted now with my type of job, I'll be on the road for a little bit. Mm. And with Bluetooth, I could just be on the phone mm. and talk. And uh, sometimes I don't understand how people don't talk to their parents for two, three, four weeks mm. at a time. I'm mm. like, That's your parents. Yeah. How do you go from talking to them right. every day when you lived in their house? Yeah. I mean, I, I, their, their phone bill when I was in college was enormous. Okay. It was like... <laughs> collect call okay. <laughs> right. but that for me yeah. it, I think just that family interaction I carried on into my life so I even tell my kids I, I, I hope that you call me every day mm. you know even when you're 45 years old that's good you know because you know imagine I mean, even the, the act the day of dad's accident I had dad on bluetooth and I was talking with him and and uh and he was uh, getting ready to, he said, all right, I'm going to go to Dollar General and I'm going to get a couple things, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so he decided to walk. I think we had to fix his water pump on his car, which is why he decided to That's walk. But was. he would walk a lot anyway for exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, I found out within the hour about what had happened. But for me, just having that interaction with, with Dad uh, and then going to church together. It's no different than going to church at Quinesset Baptist Church up in up in North Kingstown, Rhode Island, or Exeter Chapel in Exeter, Rhode Island. You know, I think I've been sitting with my parents at church since birth. Okay. <laughs> even okay. even now married with, yeah. with uh, children. But um and then doing Bible study because mm-hmm. now it's on a more personal level. Uh, you know, it's it's different when you are in a group setting with a group of men discussing a prayer request versus maybe saying a prayer request in front of the whole congregation right. on Agape Sunday. Right. You're, some people are less inclined to stand up and hold the yep. microphone That's and give, true. A, give a prayer true. request. Yep. But in the men's meeting, they'll yeah. it essentially gives, grab it, it the gives microphone. It gives an openness. Yes. It gives a forum for somebody, like it you were really talking about earlier, Jay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jack, there were a number of times when you came to the men's meeting and the Lord had laid something on your heart. It might have been a quote or something you had read. Uh, How do you go about in your spiritual life? uh, What do you look for when the Lord's speaking to you? And then how did you feel led to bring it to our men's meeting? How did that all work out? It's just, (laughs) I've got several of the magazines that I read um, that are dedicated, you know, to the Lord. <laughs> mm. Every now and then, something will just show up. Mm. And then I'll write it down, and that's, you know, bring it to the men's meeting, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I remember, I don't remember where I read it, but I brought it up at one of the meetings. At, well, <clears throat> when you coach, 
right? You always have some, like basketball, you've always got some boys that are better than the others. Well, you keep working together so the ones that aren't so good can learn how to get better. Mm. And I always felt that the men's night was good from that standpoint because, you you know, <clears throat> there's others in there that know things that you don't know. That's right. That are going to bring them out. That's right. And that was always good about our group. You know, we always had things coming out that, you know, you realize, oh, that fellow has had that problem too, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's just, just things that the Lord shows me in, uh, in, my, uh, in my reading. I get, uh, you're familiar with the guidepost, I know. Yeah. I get a lot of it from the guidepost. You know, and I'll just, you know, uh, I don't know if you read the story about Norman Vincent Peale. Mm -hmm. When he came out of college, his father wanted him to preach, and he didn't. Mm. And uh, it's really interesting what the Lord did to him, told him that you're going to be a preacher. How about uh, that? Yeah. Well, I appreciated how you were sensitive to when the Lord spoke to you about something and it really hit home in your heart you would bring it and share it with the rest yeah. of us. And that, that's the type of meeting we would have where each person had an opportunity to share something, the wisdom of the mind of Christ. Yeah. Now, I want to make a point here about we are common, ordinary men. There's nothing special about us. When you think of the apostles, you know, we, we uh, know the apostles, well, they were the ones that God used to write the Bible and they were yeah. the ones that Christ discipled to establish the foundation of the church. But the apostles were common, ordinary men. I mean, when when we were sitting around the table at uh, Greenwich, our Green, Greenville Christian Fellowship, there were m several times I thought about, well, what what must it have been like when the Lord was sitting around the table with <laughs> his apostles and his disciples? And the Lord reminded me they were common, ordinary men. Uh, I'm a common, ordinary man. We're not talking about your personality. We're not talking about your intellect. We're not talking about your charm. We're not talking about your charisma. We're talking about Jesus Christ in you, Jesus Christ through you. And so to me, that was the, one of the blessings of our meeting. In our weakness as men, God showed his strength. And I just want to read this uh, scripture about Peter and John. Now, Peter and John were apostles, and Peter and John were preaching the gospel, and the uh, civil officials, religious officials got upset with it and didn't want them to do it. Uh, and then uh, they said, well, you know, we can't but speak the things we have seen and heard about Jesus Christ. And I want to read how they impacted those officials in Acts 4.13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these are ordinary men now, as I've already mentioned, they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived the officials, the religious civil officials perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men. These are just common, ordinary, everyday men. They marveled and they took knowledge of these two men because they knew they had been with Jesus. And to me, that's the key to any men's discipleship, you know, what you guys brought to the meeting because of your own relationship with the Lord is what made our meeting beneficial. You know, I, I mentioned the multitude of counselors, but you have to be careful about who you go to for counsel. Mm -hmm. You know, Psalms 1 says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the way of sinners. The people you hang around with, you have to be careful, right, Jack? Because they can either have a negative influence or a positive influence. And uh, Stephen, when you were going through the, you know, praying your way through uh, Loma and all that you had to do as far as uh, meet the uh, requirements of her being from India, you needed a lot of counsel in those days. Do you remember how that all played out for you in our men's meeting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always kind of looked to the men's meeting as 
the opportunity each week to just share everything going on. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty about immigration and the cultural differences. And um, of course that, you know, this is first time I've ever had a relationship with a girl. So um, yeah, going to the men and asking for their input and prayers and, um, you know, I always trusted the Lord to really speak through the men's meeting and just uncover stuff. You know, as I was honest there, then the Lord would honestly give me feedback through the men in the prayer time. And so that it, it really confirmed a lot and gave me a lot of peace and uh, confidence to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You also I know you consulted when we talk about, you know, the church or men's men's group. You consulted with men from uh, other churches, other godly uh, believers. Uh, I mean, when we talk about the multitude of counselors, you really needed all the counsel you could get from people that had already been down the road or had experience in the area you needed counsel about. And you made it a point, you know, to get the counsel you could from as many people as you could, and especially from people that you knew knew the Lord. Is that right? Right, yeah. Yeah, older people and uh, people that feared the Lord, love the Lord. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're going to bring this to a close. I was going to ask you, men, um, when you think about uh, the 10 years of our meeting and uh, what you experience in men's discipleship or men's meeting, uh, what what comes to your mind now as we bring this to a close? Is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't give you an opportunity to speak to? Anybody want to speak to anything? Well, um, when you were preaching, um, some a couple of things come to my mind would would be with the the full armor of God. Mm. We should put on the full armor yeah. to face the world mm. that we live in today, which is really really bad. Yeah. So that was really you know that really uh, you know helped me in that way, and also the uh, road to Emmaus. Is that, okay. is that right? The two disciples on the, the road. The two disciples that. on the road, which we don't know who they are, but mm-hmm. they were walking. They were worried about what happened during the resurrection and talking about that. And and Jesus came along. They didn't know it was Jesus mm-hmm. at the time, but they they spoke. Jesus spoke and didn't let them know who, who he was. And that, I thought that was really interesting. They went, mm-hmm. ended up going to Emmaus with Jesus, had found out then who he was, and then they started yeah. Yeah. Now Instead the inter- of grumbling and complaining, they ended up serving God. Yeah, they were dismayed. Yeah, they had lost all hope. They thought it was over. They thought it was over. They didn't know they were talking to Jesus at, at the they beginning. They had no idea. Jesus made sure, I guess, that they didn't know who he was at the time. So they. Yeah. I thought that was really. I I never yeah. heard that before. I said, "Wow, that's amazing." You know? Yeah. And then it yeah, says that, that Jesus took them through the Bible, yes. beginning with Moses. That's right. And every chapter in the Bible, every verse in the Bible, he showed them the things concerning himself. Mm-hmm. And it said their heart burned within them because they they didn't just read the Bible to get right. information. Mm-hmm. They are get Bible principles. They were seeing who Jesus Christ was in every right page. There. Yeah, the living well, reality well, of their relationship with Christ. So it goes to show how Jesus will walk with us yes. and teach us on the road to yeah. You know, when we think about and praying and mm-hmm. the same way. But uh, and also the Bible study was just uh, a great place to, uh, like Steve Stephen said, you know, to let out your feelings and mm-hmm. if you had anything on your mind. And it was a place to to do it, that type of fellowship. And then going home and telling my wife what we did, what we learned. That's so, good. You know, so. That's good not leaving her out of it. But. Anything, Jason? I just miss it. I just remember hmm. for years when I worked in, at Terminex, it yeah. allowed me to just come every Thursday. Just cutting it up with the guys and yeah. just, yeah. just, you know, yeah. in, a, in a great having in fun. A great way, having yeah. fun, Yeah. but then getting right down to it. Mm-hmm. And hearing from people that are going through something where to echo Jack's point mm. where you think you're alone mm. 
and you're not. That's right. Like, oh, you're going through that. Okay, well, mm. let me tell you how I went through this situation mm. and how this may help you. you mm-hmm. know, it could be minor. It could be mm-hmm. I'm struggling at, at work mm-hmm. or physically my knee hurts. Oh, you have a knee problem, you know, or something like that. Yep. And, uh, and, and then just remembering the guys we lost, I still hear Steve's voice. Yeah. I, I yeah. wish I could hear it again. Yeah. I wish there was a recording of his voice because he had this deep projection of his voice that it was kind of like a, there was a sincerity to it. Mm-hmm. And he'd sit like he always he always sat at the end. Yep. And uh, he would just sit there, and his facial expression would would give it away. You knew how he felt about something. He was very passionate about it. He would pour out his heart. Uh, to you uh, how he's feeling and he, he'd get raw mm. as far as what was going on yep. in his family very or, honest very frank or things going on that normally you probably want to keep that close to the vest and keep that personal mm. um, but knowing that he had a group of guys that he could talk to in confidence but also pray with him you know and uh, and maybe share some wisdom or, or, or you know I, I just really enjoyed that and it broke my heart when you know when he passed away mm. um also broke my heart when my you know my old job at charter kept changing hours mm-hmm. and so it made it where i couldn't come right on on thursdays so i was excited when i was able to go back to eight to five yeah and come on thursdays yeah. again you know and then of course <laughs> the pandemic hit you know yeah. And, yeah. and um and so now i have eight to five even with this new job, though, that'll be starting in August. Um, it was just a wonderful thing that you can't... Younger people, when I say younger people, I say, like, youth groups, mm-hmm. you know, they're still mm-hmm. having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, they do fun things and everything, mm-hmm. and they don't have the life experience to share yet. Mm-hmm. But I hope that they can, quote-unquote, graduate on yeah. to a men's Bible study Mm-hmm. Uh, or in some form, yeah. you know, it doesn't exactly. even have to be the church. It could be like, Hey, I want to invite some men from the church over to my house. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah. and, and maybe share, uh, things like that. And I think it's very good. Single married, doesn't matter. Right. Cause if you're single, yeah. you're going to learn from married That's guys, right. you yeah. know, some real good wisdom. Yeah. So when you get married, uh, yep. you're carrying that forward. Um, it's, I think it's almost a necessity for a, a young adult <laughs> to get the wisdom, to get that wisdom, the wisdom you need for life situations. Now, That's there's right. two men that I think I mentioned: Norm West and also Heinz Wurzberg. You guys remember Heinz? Yes. Those two men are older men. They were a part of our group for many years. Uh, Norman West went through a lot of suffering, mm-hmm. and is still going through a lot of suffering. Uh, his wife has had some major. Uh, illnesses and then they had some challenges uh you know with family members that he would ask prayer for that we prayed for a lot and then he lost his son his son had an early home going to be with the lord you know years prior and i think the point i want to make is when i when norm would speak in our meeting it was what he had learned the wisdom he offered came from the suffering of life you know going through life's journey it wasn't like he studied it in the Bible and shared it with us. It was like God taught him through the Bible in the midst of the suffering that he was going through. And so he shared a lot of wisdom with us through the pain, through the agony, through the suffering. And, you know, it's, as as there's a scripture in the uh, Psalms that says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that God's word will open up to me and I can see what I need to see about Jesus Christ. And then Heinz Wurzberg uh, uh, we we just appreciated so much when he came. He would share from his heart, and uh, he always had a, a fresh word. You could tell he had been uh, in the Word of God himself. He had fresh manna. You know how the Bible says, "Yesterday's manna grows stale." Mm-hmm. Well, Heinz, I remember it, it didn't matter when you talked to him, or when you uh, had interaction with him, or what meeting we were in. He had seen something that day the Lord was showing him. It was fresh, you know, and that's, we need that. We need to know that God's word, you know, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Just like we have body every, uh, our body needs food every day. Mm -hmm. Our soul needs spiritual food. 
every day, long before we get to the men's meeting. Right. You know, we need to be fed by the Lord himself. Jack, any final closing words? Well, I was thinking when Jay mentioned his accident. Yes. July, June 27th, 4 p.m., Saturday, when I was pulling out of Liz Lynch's driveway and got T-bone. Yep. Yeah, that could have been that could have been your home going. Yep, and um, she stayed with me though. She she, um, she took the dog up to the house and came back, stayed with me to make sure, you know. And I looked back. I actually crawled out the other side. I was still walking. Okay, you know that's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Chuck looked at the car and, you know, he said, you know, he said it's you know. <clears throat> If he would have, well, if he would have hit me a little different, he said that I wouldn't been, I wouldn't be here. All right. But still. Yep. You know. It's yep. just, well, it's still, you, you know, uh, your energy that God has given you over the years, uh, even coming here today, I know you got some major health challenges going, but you've always put the Lord at the forefront of what you do. And uh, I got yeah, I I think back, you know, all those things that I've been through, and he still yep. keeps pushing me. Yep, it's true. And yeah. it's a miracle you're still with us in this room here today to share what you're yeah. sharing. Yeah. yeah. Pastor, could I just yeah. ask one quick yep. thing? When I worked with Steve mm-hmm. on his carpentry, right? yep. we got close, real close together, talking and stuff, and working together for a couple of months, and... Uh, that's where I got to really know Steve and, and how much he really, in his mind, had um, with his son, Kyle, mm. always mm. talking about Kyle. Mm. And uh, You could tell he loved his son. You could tell he loved his son and, yeah. and how he, when he came to church, he was happy when Kyle started coming to church. That's true. For a short time. That's true. I just wanted to mention that. that That's uh, good. Get, get it to know Steve in that way by working with him. Yeah. Well, I think what you're saying and what we're all saying is life is really about relationships. Right. It's sad to go through life without developing relationships with other men Mm -hmm. and deep, deep relationships, you know, substantive relationships, uh, men that you can open your heart up with and share and interact. Uh, You know, God wants, he's designed it. That's why men's discipleship, it's the great commission. He didn't say make Christians. He said, make disciples. You don't just get somebody saved and leave them, you know, as a baby Christian. You know, you start working with them and develop a relationship with them. And as you develop the relationship with them, the kind of things we're talking about that we saw God do over the years happens. Stephen, you got any closing words? Yeah, one one verse that comes to my mind is, you know, James five sixteen, confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. And that, that's a commandment to confess. And so the men's meeting was always my opportunity to deal with sin in my heart, especially being a new Christian. And so to confess sin, and I, I did see victory over sin. You know, I think the Lord honors that if you're willing to mm. make yourself vulnerable to others and humble yourself, he, he will give you grace to overcome different sins. And And then, as you already pointed out, since I was a young single, you know, 20-something, uh, getting to learn about what I get to look forward to in life, hearing about all these different things, disease, divorce, job problems from older men. And it, it had me up, gave me a lot of wisdom and things to pray through with the Lord. And before I make those choices mm. and um, Amen. so that, that was the most I got just listening from them opening up. That's good. And, um, Loma is expecting, and you have a baby coming. Uh, when's the due date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. February fourth. Yeah, praise Fe- the Lord. <laughs> February fourth. So, men's discipleship into the next generation, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> <Or> talking girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well, uh, you know, when you are discipled, uh, then you can disciple your family. That's my point. You know, yes. yeah. when, when you made it a priority to be a part of the men's group and humbled yourself to get your sins seriously dealt with, uh, you had accountability with other men, then that's helping you now as a a husband and a father 
to lead your family spiritually, you know. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, thank thank you so much, men, for joining me. This has been a huge blessing and a huge honor for yes. me to, to have you a part of this. And we're going to close it out now. God bless each one.